Yeah, I, yeah, we're, yeah, just let it run. Hey, according to your dad, we were LOL funny, right? Or laugh out, or did he actually type a, yeah. We do have a very strong listenership in Seattle. <laughs> That's good. I, I don't mind your, I don't mind your Royals takes. I just wish they were a minute earlier. Yeah, yeah I need to listen to the radio more. I was talking about, uh. Mount Rushmore of emo the other day. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. Hold on, I gotta stop you right there. What? There's certain. You ready for your first that... get off my lawn moment? Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the Mad Average Podcast, episode number four. Last week might have been our best episode so far. We had a blind fantasy draft. It was a lot of fun, and Kyle had predictably terrible luck. You should listen if you haven't already. We have a great show planned for you today. Our first guest ever to the Mad Average podcast is coming on. It is Mark from 96.5 The Buzz. Uh, we're going to talk sports, music, all kinds of good stuff with him. You can find us on Twitter at MadAveragePod. You can email us at MadAveragePod at gmail.com. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Kent Swanson. I'm joined by my pals Josh Poteet, JT Horstick, and my little brother who does the intro and music, Kyle Swanson. What's going on, guys? How's it going, man? Royals three and a half out. We can still do it. It's not over yet. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I was definitely thinking that um, we were out. In fact, I think three weeks ago, we kind of had a pretty similar opinion that we probably weren't going to be uh, making the playoffs, and now they're right back into it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting, and it <clears throat> happened um, pretty quickly. Uh, they just they won eight in a row, and uh, you know it helps when four of those games you get to play the Minnesota Twins, and I think they still have six left against the Twins, which is good. But um, it's kind of crazy how how quick it, it started, and and they're they're rolling right now. Seven of the ten actually have been against the Twins. Uh, seven of the last ten have been against the Twins, so they're on a roll. Um, everything's working right now, and it's kind of a stark contrast to everything we were seeing three weeks ago, where the pitching was off. We weren't scoring runs. Um, everything was just not in sync. And we're finally kind of clicking. Everything is kind of working right now. Um, the starting pitching has been the best in baseball the last 15 games. And the bullpen has had a sub-1 ERA for the last 15 games. It's um, it's wildly impressive. And are, are we really honestly that surprised because this is, this is what we've experienced for the last three years? Uh, it has. And uh, I think... The one thing I definitely don't want to happen is uh, I'm still I'm still holding out my skept- skeptical thoughts on the Royals because I don't want to get like so invested that I get let down uh, here. But it's there are, there are a couple more wins away and a couple games closer until I think I I throw caution to the wind and think that it actually could potentially happen. I actually got a lot of hope coming into the Twin series. I know for Kent, you said if they sweep the Twins, they take four against the Twins. I'm back on board. I was kind of hyped going into that twin series because the Twins are garbage, and I I knew that we could probably take at least three wins. But just the way the starting pitching's been going. On top of that, the the bullpen, although it's still beat up, and Wade Davis isn't in there. 29 uh, straight scoreless innings, uh, and then the re- the resurgence of Alex Gordon, everyone's oh favorite Royal. Uh, feel great for him. Not just. Uh, not just that he's healthy and he's hitting finally, but he's actually making a lot of great plays in the outfield, too. He looks like the old Alex Gordon. The way this season has gone, it's been such a weird year, and there's been so many obstacles that they've had to kind of get through. It's 
regardless of what happens moving forward, there's only 38 games left. They're, the chances of them actually still making the playoffs aren't that great. However, if um, they're at least giving me some reminder of everything that we've been blessed to experience the last three years and that's what's been so cool it's just kind of a reminder that hey this core unit of guys is still good enough to do great things and if they don't do it this year and they can't make the playoffs i have supreme levels of confidence for them in 2017 i think they will win the division next year regardless of what happens moving forward uh yeah and the, the crazy thing has also been um and i know we talked about it a little bit on the last pod but kind of the resurgence of danny duffy like He's legitimately like a dark horse Cy Young candidate. Absolutely. I don't think it's so dark horse anymore. I think he's I, actually he may, legitimately yeah, he to may, talk about. He may not be dark horse, but he's been uh, phenomenal. And so I think that's the other reason that you can get excited about next about next Absolutely. year is is him, um, kind of what he can do. You know, all of the free agent signings that have happened or that happened going into this season, a lot of them have been so bad, terrible. I mean, Dave, uh, David Price hasn't been particularly great. There's a lot. I mean, if you go down the list, huge contracts, bigger than the ones that the Royals gave Ian Kennedy. And Ian Kennedy has been he's been matching whatever Danny's doing. I mean, so I was going to make that point as as great as Danny Duffy's been, and obviously Danny Duffy's been better. I am more excited that Ian Kennedy's pitching better because we're stuck to him and we paid him that money. I'm glad that he's actually looking like he might be able to live up to that contract. If not, get close to it. And Jordano Ventura has a 3.0 ERA going into uh, his next start, which I think might be on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Yeah. So the resurgence has come in um, – the, the starting pitching has been a big key to the resurgence. And even before um, the last 15 games – the pitching has actually, you know, some of that is stabilized and normalized a little bit, but the offense has started to kind of rise to the occasion. And like you said, Kyle, a big part of that is because Alex Gordon, I mean, he's hit six home runs in his last six games. Uh, this, the dynamics of this team and the outlook of this team moving forward has changed dramatically. I don't know if they have enough in the tank to really do this, but if there's one team that could do it, it's the Royals. Uh, for sure. And um, it's kind of bummer that they have Monday off because you kind of just want to keep playing and keep that momentum. And, and they have Monday off, and they got you know a big series with Miami, who's a contender in the National League, and then they turn around and go up to Fenway, and that's a team they're chasing in the wild card. So this is going to be a big week for them as far as um, the types of teams they're playing. Um, the competition is definitely going to step up. And then I think after that Red Sox series, they got the Tigers. So three really big series um, here back-to-back-to-back coming up. I was looking at the net, at the last uh, 38 games of the season. It's actually not as daunting as I, I thought it could or would be potentially. They do have six games against Cleveland. I think at least three of them are at home. It might be all six that are at home. Um, Detroit, they play a lot. The White Sox, they have. I mean, there, there's a lot of divisional games moving into the end of the season. There's still plenty of opportunity. There's still plenty of opportunity. Um, I, I, I am back. I'm back on board as far as you know. Maybe they could do this. I still am pretty skeptical. But what they've done in the last 15 games has been remarkable, and it's just for me, it's just reminding me of what this core has the potential to do, and they're doing it without. Um, the support of a guy like Ben Zobrist, a guy like Johnny Cueto. It's it's the homegrown core that is really, really thriving. And um, regardless, we have a lot to be looking forward to with the core for next year. And they've been banged up this year. They've been very injured. 
they're still not healthy. Mike Moustakis is still out. Mm-hmm. Wade Davis is still out. Those are two core pieces that you want for that next that next year. So when you look at that, too, they're able to put this run together without two core members as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I was thinking about that earlier today, and I do think Moose and Wade Davis definitely add some um, some value. But if you look at it from, like, and I'm not going to get too saber nerdy with you or stat nerdy with you right now, but if you look at it from a war perspective, um, I think if, if those guys are health, healthy, the Royals might be two wins better at this point maybe three which would be pretty which significant be huge, in this race which right would now. be huge um but probably not as big of a gap as we think i guess is what i'm saying but they've still found a way to rally they've still found a way to deal with all of the attrition that they've dealt with and you have every reason to be optimistic and positive about this team moving into the last 38 games and moving into 2017 Okay, so Ken, let me ask you this question. Um, 38 games remain. Okay, they're 64 and 60. Like you said, they got six left against Cleveland, three at home, three on the road, uh, six left against Minnesota, seven left against the White Sox, and three left against the Tigers. What do you think it takes? What do you think it takes? Um, excuse me, yeah, you're right, six left against the Tigers. What do you think it takes uh, this last 38 games to potentially get into the playoffs? I was looking at some projections that somebody posted on Twitter the other day, and they are projecting, and all the stats, a lot of numbers are projecting that the second wild card team is going to be a 90 win team. So if you look at it that way, um, the Royals would need to go 26 and 12 over the remainder of the season. If you add um, the eight wins that they've just come off of, that is a 34 and 12 stretch which is unprecedented i don't know if that's even ever happened in royals history not in royals history but it happened to the 07 rockies so yeah you're looking at you're looking at a very slim chance again though if there's any team that can do it it's it's the resilient royals and they're going to need some help from other teams in the league obviously um but i do believe going into this this twin series, they had less than one percent chance of making the playoffs. Now they're up to four percent chance of making the playoffs. Uh, actually, Kyle, now five thirty-eight. I know you have different projections, but I like to look at five thirty-eight. And uh, after the win today, they actually have the Royals at a thirteen percent chance to make the playoffs right now. So thirteen. Where were they before, according to their? Um, I don't know what their projections were before the series, but um, they That's had a huge the, jump. Though they had a rating, they had them rated. Right now at a 15.08 rating, which is a 21-point jump over the last week, which is by far more than any other team in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, they're the hottest team in baseball now, by far. Kyle, to go along with that, a few days ago I did see it at around 4%. I don't know if that was in the middle of this twin series or if it was before the series started, but somewhere around 4% to what did you say, 13 now? That's a 13. pretty good jump in three mm-hmm. or four days. Well, that, that might have been a different model. I, I've seen some similar numbers like that. It, it hasn't been high. And um, the obviously the best thing that these guys can do is just keep winning. And I know that we've got a lot of opportunities moving forward against the Tigers and against Cleveland. Um, I'm, I'm really looking at this Marlin series a little closer than I probably would. Just because if they can bank two wins in this series, um, I'll feel a little bit better moving into some big divisional games. I think this break, you know, I, I you want to keep playing while you're winning, but at the same time, I think a good little break, good little rest, um, the bullpen should be extremely fresh because they haven't really had to be used much the last two games since that extra inning game. Um, 
they're they're primed to have a nice little uh, continued resurgence if they continue to play this right. Uh, yeah, and and the the first game I think is gonna be big in that Miami series because um, you have Ventura going, but um, the second game is Dylan G against Jose Fernandez. So I think that first game, getting that first game, is gonna be is gonna be a key thing for them to try to keep that momentum going because I think that second one is gonna be like the the tougher one in that series to win. I'm just you know I. I've had I've had a lot going on in my life anyway, but the last couple of weeks I've had a little more passive approach to watching the Royals. I watch them any chance that I can, but I'm not as um, hung on every moment. I'm back. I'm full on back. I I've been work. I bought a house last week. I've been working on it how on that house the entire week, but I still go and check my phone to check the score every chance I get. I'm back on as far as a um, I'm all in. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna ride it out. And I'm excited. I, it's going to be fun. You know, this is this is the best time of, of the year for baseball. And we've been lucky enough to experience it for the first time in our lives the last few years. And uh, it's it's cool to have it back again. And if nothing else, at least they're making a push and they're making it interesting for us. Because I was telling you, I was telling you earlier, Kent, I think playoff baseball and you have a team in it is about as good of any playoff in any sport at any level. And when you don't, it's really boring. And we did it's it, terribly boring. We didn't know this until like the last no, few years. That's no. what's been so cool. It's like we've we've experienced such bad baseball our entire lives, and to finally get this um, has been so great for me. And it's validated all of the late nights I've watched a bad baseball team on the West Coast. You know, a, a, a nine o'clock start against the A's, who are terrible too. I mean, it's it's been so gratifying. But just like playing playoff baseball is a completely different game watching playoff baseball is a completely oh, yeah. different game you're it's a slow game so suspense is very high you're looking at every pitch you're looking at every count and looking at every scenario and, and just you know hanging on every single Absolutely. ball that is thrown which you don't really in the regular season so once you're into the playoffs especially with the royals who are built for that kind of run my wife was not a big baseball fan until the royals started winning and now like she's she she watches it differently because she saw everything that went into playoff baseball and the intensity and the stress um it 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 it's something that this area never saw I hadn't seen for so long and um it's been it's been so cool to watch it I felt I feel a little spoiled because growing up in Oklahoma City there really wasn't a baseball team so I kind of followed the Dodgers. I kind of went to a lot of Rangers. Yeah, and you grew games. up in Oklahoma, and you followed the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, good for you. Uh, so I feel a little spoiled because I went to Royals games growing. I mean, I went to Royals games uh, when I started to go to college, and you know, I followed them. I liked going to the games. I probably went more to watch the teams they were playing than watch the Royals. And that 2014 season for me definitely got me hooked on the Royals, and especially getting to be at the wild card game. Um, with you guys, that was that was a blast. But I I do feel a little spoiled because I didn't have to go through the misery, like you said, of watching the Royals in 2005 when they were playing on the West Coast because I didn't really even know what the Royals were doing at that point. Yeah, it was funny. It, it was terrible, but it was also kind of funny at points. Every time we had a lead, we would have a saying. <laughs> if, they, if they ever got the lead or were in the lead in the late in the game, there was always a well. We'll blow it. it. And sure enough, 90% of the time we did. And also, you made a point there as a 
you were like kind of a, a bystander there here for a while in Kansas City, just going to the games to watch the other team. That's how we would pick the games we as Royal fans would go to. Oh, the Yankees are coming to town. Oh, this pitcher is going to be here at this time. Let's go watch this player play on the other team, even though we were fans of the Royals. It was a dark time. It was. And, you know, you just mentioned the wild card game. Me, Josh, and JT all went to the wild card game. Came out of nowhere that we were actually able to get tickets. And um, it was one of the best nights of my, my, my life. Me and JT at one point, after Giordano gave up that home run in like the fifth inning, me and JT did not say a word to each other. Josh texted us about uh, the eighth inning and there's a couple seats really close to him. So we snuck down there. That was the first words we said to each other. It was it was probably over an hour. Um, and that, mo- that night was one of the best nights of my life. Now you guys were also all at the uh, Chiefs Colts game. <laughs> where the Chiefs completely broke down and the Colts came back. Could you guys compare and contrast the feelings that you guys had <laughs> during just, an actual so game? I think, I think JT leaned over when they like moved to us. It was probably the middle of the sixth inning. They moved over to us, and I think JT leaned to Kent and I and goes, said, if the Royals lose this game, we're never allowed to go to a playoff game of Kansas City teams ever again. Because <laughs> in the course of a year, we would have been at – the Royals losing their first playoff game in 30 years and the Chiefs losing a game where they had a 99% chance to win. It was kind of the flip. So the Colts game, we were celebrating and so excited because we were about to see the first playoff game or playoff win in like 20 years for the Chiefs. And we were celebrating like we had won and so excited and the and then, you know, ended in misery. And we didn't talk for like an hour, like all the walk home or the walk to the car. We didn't talk. And the flip side was that, you know, we were depressed and sad and mad at Ned Yost and all that stuff in the first half of the wild card game. In the second half, there was just joy and I cried. I mean, I, I'm not even going to act like I didn't. I cried. I was so excited. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, it, it was kind of the, it was the inverse of each other. What's crazy about that is we got to go to the greatest comeback game, one of the greatest comeback games nominated by the ESPYs for two years in a row. So the Colts-Chiefs game was nominated for greatest comeback in the ESPYs, and the Royals-A's game was nominated for greatest comeback in the ESPYs. So we had to do that two years in a row. We earned that. Being fans of a terrible team for so long, we earned the, the validation of the wild card game. Okay, we are joined by our first guest ever on the Mad Average podcast. It is, uh, he is the producer for Adventures Big Fat Morning Buzz. He is the most optimistic person I've ever met on Twitter. And uh, he's a emo band connoisseur and a sports nerd. He is Mark, can, can I say your last name or are you trying Yeah, to... that's fine. All right, it's Mark, it's Mark Van Sickle from Adventures Big Fat Morning Buzz. What's going on, man? What's up? Thanks for having me on this podcast. I've been listening to it. It's great. It's mad average. And I love it. I love it. We our, our joke is we just we're like the Joe Flacco podcast because uh, you're gonna win the Super Bowl one like time though. Road. Middle of the road, mad average. Maybe one time we'll actually do a good one. Yeah, one of these days we'll we'll uh, we'll actually do something of, of value. Mark, I I have a question for you. Um, you always tweet about your Seahawks and your Chiefs. Yes. So let's just say let's just let's just say 2017 February. 
The Seahawks and the Chiefs are playing in the Super Bowl. Man, we're digging in because I had some predictions. I didn't know if we were going to be talking about <laughs> I have my Super Bowl, my AFC predictions, my NFC. I'm ready to go with this, man. Let me guess. You do have Seattle versus yes, the Chiefs. Yes, I do. <laughs> Seahawks, Chiefs, 2017, baby. You heard it here first. Mad Average Podcast. It's coming. So, okay, but all right, let's just say that happens. And your, uh, your projections... Play out. Who are you rooting for? Man, this is tough because the same thing if the Royals and Mariners meet in the wild card game, which I'm also <laughs> which I'm predicting. Sure they will. <laughs> yes, I'm predicting that as well. But yeah, it's tough because like even for like the Royals and the the Mariners, I've been a Mariners fan since I was born. I was born in Seattle, and they have never won a World Series. The Royals just won a World Series, but I I become like so invested in the Royals. It's like. So now I have to cheer for the Royals at this point. I, I mean, I've never said that out loud. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Seattle friends, if you're listening to this Mad Average podcast. But we do have a very strong listenership in Seattle. <laughs> That's good. That's so, good. so you are really you're screwing yourself over here. I'm gonna link good. it on my Facebook. All of them are gonna hear this. So <laughs> I think but, like eight people play it over the here. intercom at Starbucks like all the time. <laughs> but Chiefs Seahawks, that is tough because. The Seahawks have just won a Super Bowl. The Chiefs right here. Everybody's going to be going crazy. I know I'm going to get sucked into it. I already am sucked into the Chiefs kingdom, obviously. My two favorite teams. I'm going to say, oh, man, I think I would go Seahawks. Oh, that hurts. Actually, I'd predict the Seahawks would win, and I would cheer for the Chiefs. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I do think the pandering answer I've ever heard. I think the Seahawks would actually win that game, but I would kind of hope the Chiefs would win for everybody's Are sake. You running for Congress? Or yes. Or? No. Well, so give us it, the same answer for the for if the Mariners meet the Royals. Is it the same thing only flipped? No, no. I I'm just invested in the Royals too much right now. I watch every game. I haven't watched a Mariners except for when they were in town. I haven't watched a Mariners game. For a long time. So, so is it safe to say you're more invested in the Seahawks than you are the Mariners? As oh a yeah, fan? yeah. One game a week, it's easier. You do tweet all the time about the Royals. I've always wondered this. And so, do you, do you stream? You're, you you stream the Royals, or are you on delay? Or because like yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit behind sometimes. I stream on the Fox Sports Go app. I'm not gonna tell you who gives me a password so I can watch because I don't have cable. Team no cable. Like, <laughs> somebody gave me their password so I could watch the games on Fox Sports Go, but sometimes I'm ahead of people. If I listen on the radio, it's actually a little bit ahead of the TV feed. So you're like, stop tweeting. You always, you always tweet like Alex Gordon could have like grounded out to second with the bases loaded, and it'll be like you'll you'll tweet out like right when it happens, it'll be like Gordon coming up, bases loaded. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully you can do something good here. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I get those tweets and I'm like, oh, Mark, <laughs> you're gonna find out real quick, buddy. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, I tell people before, like before the season started, I'm like, if you don't like the Royals, mute me right now. Mute. You can mute hashtags. So if you just mute the hashtag Forever Royal, I do it after every Royal tweet. I I don't mind just your do I don't mind your Royals takes. I just wish they were a minute earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I need to listen to the radio more. Really. So you probably get the uh, you probably get the talk music crowd. How like. Uh, the sports oh, yeah. guys get the talk sports crowd when they tweet anything besides sports. Do you get the talk music crowd I got, all the time? I get the talk music crowd or that I'm going to block you. I'm going to unfollow you. But it's mostly joking. It's people that are like, talk music. But we actually do get that on the radio or on the music side. They're like, play more music. Don't talk. They don't want us to talk. They're like, just play music. We don't you, need to hear you guys' opinions on things. The show you've been on, for how long have you been on the show? Uh, almost five years. That was a staple of me and Kyle's um 
high school drive to school. Yeah, yeah obviously and, a little bit before your time, but War of the Roses oh, every yeah. Wednesday morning was our favorite. We would wait in the car yep. in the parking lot and make sure we finished that before we walked into school. Hilarious. We loved it. Oh yeah, that's I see. I listened to the Buzz before I worked there, and like yeah, that was my favorite radio station. So when I did radio up at Mid America, I know you guys are all Mid America people. So yeah, when I did radio there, I'm like I got to go to my favorite radio station. So that's Buzz, awesome. It worked out. That's awesome. So it was was the Buzz your dream? That was uh well mostly yeah. I had like that's my music side, and then you know if that doesn't work, I wanted to do sports. So hey. That average. Yeah, no, there you go. We're we're giving you an avenue for sports takes. He's our first friend of the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Friend of the pod. I am a friend of the pod. I listened to him. After he admitted he's not coming back. (laughs) I'll come back once uh, the emo show fails. Mad average emo show. (laughs) Did uh, did you get verified on Twitter? I did. They they did it. Um, I don't I don't think it was anything I did special, but last year about the same time, like. Almost everybody in our building at Intercom, we have like nine radio stations in there. Everybody was starting to get verified about the same time. And then for some reason, Aventra and Laszlo, the two biggest personalities on our station, still don't have a check <laughs> So I think they did that to them just to piss them off. <laughs> That's awesome. How, what was the feeling getting verified? It was kind of weird because I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the verified mentions? Let no, we are I, we are oh, we're not, we're, that Twitter market. We're, we're, not, uh, we're not about that line. I know this is bad podcasting, but... Uh, so you get the Mark notifications. Mark just pulled out his phone. <laughs> notifications. So you get all notifications, mentions. Um, where'd it go? Oh, sorry. You can edit part of this if you <laughs> Verified. So anybody that's verified that talked to me, I can see what they retweeted, at mentions, stuff like that. Like Jeremy Danner from Boulevard Beer, uh, newspaper writer from Des Moines. <laughs> so that's, that is how Justin Verlander saw me and got in a feud with me. Yeah, I always love it when you tweet at Justin Verlander and you mention him because I always picture him reading it going, oh, that Mark guy I've never met. You know, like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure athletes and people like that only look at their verified mentions. So they see somebody that pops up that they're like, okay, who's this guy? Like Richard Sherman talked to me one time. Uh, a couple other people, it's just like random. They're like, oh, this guy must be legit even though I'm not. So well, you're, you're mad a, average, I mad guess. Average, Your Twitter's uh, on another level than ours, though, for real. I've never wanted something more in my entire life than the verified tab on Twitter. Yeah, mad like all of a sudden I can talk to people. Yeah, we're we're only you know we've got like 23 followers, so they probably should they probably should I'll give at, us that blue check. I'll do at Twitter. These guys need to get verified. Let's go. Perfect. I love it. Uh, you know, you were talking about some of these people that you've been able to interact. Have you ever been big timed by anybody? Um, not too much, surprisingly. Uh, most people are pretty nice. We just had an Olympian a couple of weeks ago, uh, a figure skater, because they made oh. fun of me because they're like, oh, yeah, get a winter Olympian while the summer Olympics <laughs> are going on. I was like, well, nobody's in town that's at the summer Olympics right now. We had a hammer thrower on my <laughs> The most random people, she was on the cover of the, the body issue. She was a hammer thrower, so she's like a little bit bigger, but, you know, people like that. So we got Avengers Big Fat Morning Buzz, the – Hammer throw girl. I can't even remember her name. Amanda Bingson. That's her name. There it is. So she was on the show, and she's like, I'll, I'll come back. I'm going to go to the Olympics. And she got like third or fourth. So she didn't make the Olympics, Actually, unfortunately. But. I, I took Amanda Bingson in my uh, fantasy hammer throw draft. So uh, really hoping she produces. Maybe next summer. 
All right, Mark. Um, I'm glad you came here to join us today. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, something I have a passion about that you also do, which is music. Yes. So if any of your music followers are listening out there, maybe they can you just tune into this segment. Maybe we can tell them when, when it comes up so they can just skip all of this. I'm going to retweet it. They're probably like, NFC South. I don't even know what that, you know, whatever. <laughs> we can talk about some music here because um, one of my favorite um, segments you do on your show would be um, your, your iPod Shuffle. Oh, yeah. iPod Shuffle, my favorite day of the week. <laughs> Obviously, I, that's your time to shine, right? Yeah, for sure. And it always seems like there's a like death cap for cutie song, and then there'll be a brand new, and it's the kind of music that was popular when I was about 11 to f- like 15, now 16. Now you're making me feel old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, those were those rebellious teenager years, oh, and that yeah. was the emo years for me. I loved, and I grew up listening and learning to play guitar at songs like um, She's So Last Summer by Taking Back Sunday, oh, yeah. um, Quiet Things That No One Ever Knows. Mm. Uh, brand new blink 182 was huge in the late 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. and i just wanted to talk to you a little bit about how that move that music kind of went away but has kind of made a resurgence lately because i know for blink they just they have a number one song on billboard right now yeah it's crazy i love that song too yeah, the california uh california is good the other one is that the one that's number one right now well the they whole, just the album the one. whole album is okay number one. I gotcha. so like the california album yeah yeah i i like the single we've been playing there's a couple other songs even a little more emo <laughs> a little bit later in the right. album as it goes down. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got the pop punk, it feels good, and then like it kind of brings down a little bit, and then it goes back. They so. were the best at that. Oh, you know, yeah. When they first got started, it was all that California pop punk style. Mm-hmm. And then as they got you know more, I would say more mature, and they got older, and especially this was more of Tom DeLonge's direction, was bringing it to that more cerebral emo style music yeah (laughs) stay together for the kids adam song that kind of thing which i love but i i really liked their diversity back in the day Mm -hmm. and then this album has basically just that oh yeah i like it a lot and i think that it's one of the i wish they were coming to kansas city i'm kind of mad about that actually they go to st louis and then they skip us and then they go to denver why would you go to st louis i was gonna go i know i was gonna go to the show in st louis actually but then uh the show uh, it's on a Sunday night, so I can't make it now. Do you know what size uh, stadiums they're they're selling to? Are they like is this Sprint Center type show, or is this more like a Sandstone I think, thing? Yeah, I think they're doing like Sandstone, like amphitheater type things. What is that called uh, these days? Uh, it's uh, it's always going to be Sandstone to me. Providence Medical Prod- Center <laughs> Amphitheater. Now, yeah, they make it's us like say on the that. ninth name. Yeah, yeah they, they make us say it. Otherwise, we get okay. in trouble. Well, yeah, that would be a cool show. I actually a couple years ago, it was the last time I went to Warp Tour, but it was the first time I ever got to see Yellow Card play live. Nice. And Yellow Card was one of, if not my favorite band for a solid two years after that Ocean Avenue album. I'm going to be playing some Yellow Card yeah. eventually <laughs> on that emo show. Yeah. yeah, that emo show is on Sundays Yes, from 7 to 8, and Th- it's called Taking Back Sunday, which is the most appropriate <laughs> name I can think of for emo music. Oh, yeah, Taking Back Sunday with Mark. It's uh, This Sunday is going to be the first one. So 7 to 8, you can listen to it, stream it. Uh, 965thebuzz.com or if you're in KC 965thebuzz on the radio well I'll be tuning in because I actually that was one of the reasons I used to listen to the buzz all the time is because they did play songs like that they did play Taking Back Sunday they did play Jimmy Eat World yeah. who I just saw they're getting back together is that yeah, what I saw a new album's coming out in September like they just boom gonna release a new album right and that's kind of what Brand New did a few years ago I know they kind of had a falling out and then all of a sudden they're back mm-hmm. I saw Taking Back Sundays they've always kind of been active on touring a little you know lighter tours or you know just playing shows here and there but now they're doing an acoustic set is that what I hear yeah they're doing an acoustic set they're gonna be here actually uh the 18th so in a couple of Sundays like 
a month from now. They're going to be taking back Sunday in Kansas City. In, on, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's going to be during my show, so I'm going to have to go to their <sighs> show after my show. I'm going to make it out. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm going to oh. be there for it. But their new album supposedly isn't as emo, and mm. like they're they're not trying to get away from it. But I've seen some interviews with them where they're like, "Yeah, that's a part of who we are, and it's part of who we were, and we know that people love that." But we also have a new you know, direction and style that we're going to be doing. So I would find it hard to believe that a band that focuses on themes like that and that kind of style of music could do that for too long just because, you know, it's very obviously emotional music. Yeah, and it, it and relates to get, teenagers. Once you grow out of it... They get married and have some kids. And your then, perspective changes. The the last album, though, that Taking Back Sunday put out, they had a song on there that was totally, like, <laughs> 30s emo. Like, this guy's talking about how he got divorced and, like, all this oh. stuff like that. I'm like, oh, dude, come on. That's, that's so emo for, like, a 30-year-old to write. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, really connect with that guy in that way. <laughs> but, I mean, you can still kind of, you know, relate with, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, and I Perfect wanted to, emo. I wanted to talk because I know obviously uh, the buzz is the best place to go when you're wanting to listen to music like that. But they still don't play that kind of music as much as they used to. It seems yeah. like the alternative wave nowadays for this generation coming up is more electronic pop mm-hmm. kind of you know heavy produced. Yeah, kind of, which the last you know, couple fun, years, but, yeah, it's totally yeah. gone that way. I've noticed that too. Like even Ephentra, like who I work with, she's always talking about. She's like, we need to bring guitar back. We That's need to get, yeah. We need to get more guitar back and alternative. So like, she loves bands like Queens of the Stone Age and stuff like that, where yeah. they have heavier guitar. And like the new Taking Back Sunday, she really liked. I played a new song for her the other day. It's more like punk, like yeah, even more than pop punk. So and that's what I, you know, I obviously grew up on. It was two guitars, a bass, a drummer, and then whoever could sing sang. Yep. And sometimes if you had three singers, they would all sing at the same time, and that's what you know that. And sometimes the singers weren't that great, like <laughs> Tom. And they would just kind of yell in the background. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had one of those in my band for a while. So give us a little preview. What do you? Uh, what kind of stuff are you going to be playing besides Taking Back Sunday and those other bands that may not be obvious that uh, you want to look forward to on Taking Back Sunday with Mark? Yeah, going to be doing, of course, Taking Back Sunday. I'm <laughs> of course. Spoiler alert. I'm <laughs> kicking, kicking off the show with a Taking Back Sunday song. Can you so, tell us which song? What are we? Um, do you know what you're going to do yet? Um, I, I don't a decade know under the influence. Did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. Well, do that did. one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I'm going to go with something off the first album. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm I'm going to play something off the first album that'll get people. Ready to go. But yeah, I'm going to do some brand new Thursday, The Used. The Used. Uh, cool. Death Cab. Death Cab. Of course uh, you're going to do Death, Death Cab, Cab. Which I haven't, obviously, I liked them a little bit more back in the day. I'm not, I haven't been a huge Death Cab fan since. Yeah, I'm not going to play the newer Death Cab. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I like it, but I'm definitely going to be playing older Death Cab. Any Hawthorne Heights on there? Uh, Hawthorne Heights has made the list. I've been going over so many songs like... I have to pick, like, it, it's kind of a weird process, but, like, I have to go through every song that we have on our computer, find what's emo, find what I like, and then pull, put it in a specific folder so that I can set up shows each week and, like, get things ready to go. So, I've been going through all the stuff <laughs> from, like, the early 2000s and, like, late 90s. Like, Sunny Day Real Estate's one of, like, the original mm. emo bands from, like, way back in the 90s. So, I gotta play at least one of their songs. But I hope I hear some Dashboard Confessional. Dashboard, dashboard. that'll be on there. Uh, that happens on your shuffle at least oh, one, yeah. like once a month, it seems like. Chris Caraba, like, he's... I, I was talking about... Uh, Mount Rushmore of emo the other day. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. Hold on, I gotta stop you right there. What? The Mount Rushmore of emo. You know how they always talk about the Mount yeah, Rushmore the, of quarterbacks. Barbe- yeah, or point barbecue guards. places in KC. You got the Mount Rushmore. So the Mount Rushmore of emo. I, I hear have the yours. Mount Rushmore of emo. So Chris Caraba, Dashboard Confessional, yeah. Further Seems Forever. Uh, they were one of my favorite bands. Tooth and Nail Records. 
Uh, ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie. He yeah. has like, you know, four projects. He does emo stuff on that all the time. Uh, the singer from Sunny Day Real Estate. I put him on there just because he's one of the originals. And uh, who else did I have on there? Now I can't think of it. Um, oh, Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids. Oh, the Get Up was, Kids. Uh, yeah. can, I'm, I'm assuming we'll be here some Oh, yeah, there's... Get Up okay. Kids, New Amsterdam's. Uh, yeah, I put him on there, a little local tie. So Cool. And then um, is this going to be primarily, I'm, I'm assuming primarily like early 2000s, late 90s kind of stuff? Yeah. But is there really any new artists that maybe I or you would know of or really anybody that's kind of still emo but just on a newer way? Um, There's some bands that are like that but not. Not the I, way it used to be, man. Yeah, right? not, not the way it used to be. Back in my day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So there, there's certain bands You ready bands for your first that, get off my lawn moment? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm going to do mostly bands, I'd say, from, like, late 90s, like, as the oldest to, like, 2007, probably. That would, 2007 is the latest it goes. Yeah, probably. For the most part. There's yeah. a few bands that are, like, have some newer stuff that I've just... There's a guy named Jeremy Messersmith from Minnesota who's... Huh. Uh, he calls himself the Pied Piper of emo, which is he makes fun of himself because, you know, he gets looped into the emo genre. But uh, yeah, he's really cool. We played one of his songs on the buzz for a little bit. He came and toured through, but I might play a couple of his songs eventually. Not the first week, but um, yeah, he's one guy I could think of. But other than that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's a band I kind of have in my mind that I think would be borderline, whether they're emo or not. Mm-hmm. So I want you to give me a ruling All and right. tell me if you would even play him. Panic at the Disco. Yeah, I would put them in there just because uh, they there is a cross. It kind of blurs lines a little bit on emo. Like you get the pop punk. Yeah, emo, that's the thing that uh, yeah. like yellow card. You know, like they have a few yep. emo songs in there. Newfound Glory has Fall a Out couple, Boy actually. Fall Out Boy, a couple emo songs. Uh, yeah, Newfound Glory. Uh, some of those bands, like you know, they're pop punk. So they make they it have, an honorable mention, but they're not full yeah, blown emo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They'll, they'll so they might an, get a later play. They'll have night. an emo song every now and then. One that's a little bit slower, like. Head on collision, you know, by Newfound Glory. That one's a little bit chill. You, uh-huh. know, you know what I'm saying? My Chemical Romance. They're gonna be on this. My Chemical Romance will get some airtime for sure. Uh, like bands I hope that three I, cheers for Sweet Revenge album. That's that was good, obviously yeah. the best one. That's a good album. <coughs> See, there's like certain bands that like I wasn't hardcore into My Chemical Romance. I liked you know some of the songs, but I didn't like go out and like love them like some people did. And then like uh, like AFI people kind of put them in the emo but i don't really associate it quite as much i didn't either with them but uh, there's like a few bands like i see lists sometimes that come out on like buzzfeed they're like oh you know, buzzfeed. What, here what, we go <laughs> what, emo, what emo band are you or like yeah. what what's emo answer two you? questions we'll tell you exactly who you are yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know they do stuff like that and i'm like they consider that emo it's kind of weird but you know it's i'll see what people you know people will text in uh to the show and All like right call in they'll probably make suggestions i'm like oh yeah i didn't really think about that being emo maybe i'll throw it in next week or something like that so well i think it's equal parts awesome and nostalgic i will for sure be listening so it's sunday nights 96.5 the buzz 7 to 8 taking back sunday with mark yes that's it all right well good luck to you thanks mark you actually missed some royals talks uh mark you actually missed some (laughs) what (laughs) soundcloud SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Check us out on SoundCloud. <laughs> natural. He's a natural. Anytime we need the word SoundCloud, let's we'll have Mark be the guy. Mad average on SoundCloud. <laughs>
Mark, uh, you missed some Royals talk that we were having right before you got here. Um, we, about three weeks ago, more or less buried him. And Can't you, do that. You definitely did not do that. <laughs> you can you not, immediately points out your mistake. Oh, guys, you can't do that. You can never bury the Royals. What are, have you guys not learned anything over the last two years? They get down to like 1.8% chance to win against the Houston Astros. What do they do? Win the game. <laughs> One bad hop. They're in the World Series. They're winning the World Series. Well, you were you were still running. You were you were the head of the bandwagon, saying, "No, this we're fine. We we can still do this." The the, the eternal optimist that you are on Twitter, and uh, yeah, I mean, what what what's your take on the last fifteen games? You know, they've done what I thought they were gonna do. <laughs> to be honest, I don't like to uh, misinterpret when I said things or lie about things, like some people might try to do on Twitter. So, July twenty second. Oh, I said, you got to win 15 out of 20. <laughs> you got to win 15 out of 20 by September. And what have they done? The last 15 out of 20, they've what? won. Wow. See. Rally Mantis, they're 13 and 2 since the Rally Mantis <laughs> came around. I know everybody loves the Rally Mantis. I do. But yeah, they're, their bullpen's going crazy right now, like in a good way. Without <laughs> Davis, without Ho Chaver. And yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, they've, they've completely exceeded the expectation that we set about. Two weeks ago, they're just they're back on what they've always been. And do you all right? Do you think that they are going to make the playoffs? Can I get this on? Can I get this on? I do. Oh! I, I don't. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to make the wild card game, which is going to be crazy because I think it's going to be the Royals playing at the Mariners, oh. which is going to be crazy. It's going to be well if everything lines up right. You hope it's Danny Duffy versus Felix Hernandez. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be like two to one, and probably the Royals are going to win. So we we got Seattle versus Kansas City in the playoffs for baseball <laughs> yep. and in the Super Bowl. And the fans, I don't know why. What I, are your MLS takes? I, who's gonna Who's gonna <laughs> wait? They're both on the West. They're both on the West, Western Conference, I guess. So. Yeah, I, I like sporting Kansas City because I I didn't even know that they had a soccer team. They probably didn't have a soccer team when I lived out on the West Coast, but. Yeah, I don't know why, but the Seattle fans and the Kansas City fans don't like each other because of the loudest stadium thing. That's the only <laughs> reason why I don't think they like each other. Because we're legit and they cheat? Yeah, like, I, I don't know why, what it is, but everybody, because I have friends, a lot of friends here, obviously, I have friends in Seattle, and it's always, like, going back and forth about loudest stadium, better team. Seattle clearly was pumping speaker noise, or fan noise into their speakers. The way their so. stadium is shaped, too. I've yeah. seen all the Yeah, it was arguments. specifically designed to funnel all of the crowd noise back to the center That's of the why stadium. they had Beastquake. You guys know what I'm talking about? Marshawn Lynch. He got that oh, long yeah. touchdown. Yeah, and it, like, They actually had an earthquake yeah, register there. on the Richter scale. Right, yeah. yeah. Crazy. I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll have 60,000 fans from Kansas City and 60,000 fans from Seattle go to a field, and we'll just have a yell-off. I feel like Kansas City would win. There you go. I do. Yeah, I think Kansas City would win, too. What's crazy is you mentioned the Rally Mantis thing. Um, it seems like two of the last three years, about this time, we've kind of had some, I guess you could say, magical powers happen. So, like, two years ago, like, Sung Woo showed up Sung for the Woo first time. Sung Woo was awesome. And that was almost exactly the same day that Rally Mantis showed up. I, <laughs> I had it on my, t- my, not my time, on my Facebook uh, memories. Uh, Sung Woo popped up. He came onto our radio show before. Uh, he went to any other radio show. You got to meet yeah. Sungwoo? Yeah. Was it awesome? Yeah, he was a nice guy. He had me take pictures. I was like, I don't know. How, his camera was like, I, I know we're not on a camera right now. We're, we're talking on our podcast. But his camera was like this big. I was like, how do you work this thing, man? I don't even, I just have a phone. But, yeah, so he was a really nice guy. And, uh, yeah, the Royals went on that crazy winning streak. And uh, 
I call myself the uh, American version of Sung Woo. <laughs> on, on online, like everybody's like Sung Woo, you're the most positive Royals fan ever, and then like people around here, they're like Mark, you're the most positive Royals fan, like in Kansas City. So, so we're not the only people that have noticed that. Oh yeah, people are always talking about that on Twitter. They're like, dude, Mark, give it up. They're gonna lose this year. I'm like, no, they're not. They're coming back. Watch them. 15 out of the next 20, they're going to win it. So Here's the hopeless world man take me. That's what I am. It goes along with the emo. So. Well, that's going to do it for episode four of the Mad Average podcast. We really thank Mark from 96.5 The Buzz for joining us, our first friend of the pod. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at MadAverage_Pod. Email us, MadAverage_Pod at gmail.com. We are on SoundCloud. Also, you can follow us on iTunes by just searching MadAverage_Pod. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.